0: This is the Gospel City Church Podcast. Our hope is that this message is helpful, encouraging, and even life-changing as you grow to know the person and work of Jesus. Enjoy this message today. Today's scripture passage is found in the book of Joshua, chapter 5, starting at verse 1. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan to the west, and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over. Their hearts melted, and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gilbeah Harath. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness, Till all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children whom he raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised, because they had not been circumcised on the way. When the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Anne, for reading the scripture for us. You know what? Can I just pray for us one more time um, as we uh, look into this uh, word of God together? Let me pray for us. Um, Heavenly Father, um, God, we uh, gather together um, this afternoon, um, just remembering your grace upon us and your promise and your covenant uh, for us. And God, um, as we uh, continue reading and looking into uh, the book of Joshua and the story how you led them. Um, God, I pray that there will be the word for us today, that this word will speak to our own hearts, that it will shape us and it will lead us and guide us. Um, So, Lord, we lift up um, everyone here um, today to you, and we pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, You know, this story is... um, interesting story. And, and I think as we're looking into, uh, I think, preaching schedule, um, because Pastor Sean was expecting uh, babies to be born around this time, um, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty. And I was hoping that, oh, I don't want to preach with this passage. It's, uh, it's quite a hard uh, concept, hard idea uh, that we read. You know, last week we read this story, amazing story of, like, God, uh, like, allowing Israel to pass the river and and there was a story of this uh, god uh, asking people to um, grab these stones from from the river to remember what he has done and and they finally uh, like crossed all uh, the older nations like whole nation finally crossed over the Jordan and now they are at this place called Gilgal and there is something going on here and then god commands something and This book, I just want to let you know that, you know, the book of Joshua is all about this conquering the land. Um, It's about the story that Israel entering into the land and having the war and battle and conquering the land. Yet, um, we don't read much about like military strategy or we don't read even about like great military hero. Which was very common, I think, you know, in our modern days, uh, strategy and how we do this, like how do this well, like it's it's a very common concept and idea, and also like heroes, the stories of of hero. It's from ancient time and from now, like um, Avengers or or like Marvels. We 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 always hear the story about heroes, but that's not what we read uh, from the book of Joshua and at our passage as well. They are about to. Um, go into the battle. They are about to have the war against these people in Canaanites, but what we read is not about this military strategy or it's not about, like, great hero. Not, it's, it's not even about Joshua, but it's about the relationship with God, like what kind of relationship they had with God. And then that's the story is about the, uh, from the passage that we read. And you know, we read this uh, God commending them to circumcise people. And uh, you may think that if you're not familiar with the Christianity or if you're not familiar with the Old Testament Bible, hey, what is, what is this? What's going on? Uh, but the idea of circumcision is since Abraham, it was the mark, it was a sign of the covenant that they had with God. So that's the framework that I just want to give us in order for us to understand um, the passage today. What's happening here is that God is reaffirming the relationship that they had with God. So that's the framework that I just want to start us off. And as we're looking into this passage, I just want to ask two questions um, to us and to this passage. One is, for Israelites, what is the spiritual condition that they had to reaffirm their relationship? What was the spiritual condition um, that they were facing? That was the one question, the context, what was the context of it? And the second question that I want to ask is, what does God do through this time? What is God doing by reaffirming this relationship uh, they had with God. And, and, I, and I hope that as we're looking into it and as we're thinking about it, that this will also reaffirm what kind of relationship that we have with our God. Um, so, first, like what's happening, I said, like God is reaffirming the relationship that they had. God is reaffirming, hey, what kind of relationship. Do we have Israel, Joshua? Do you know what kind of relationship we have, you and I? So That's what's happening. And the question is, like, why? Like, why does God is doing this? Why does God uh, doing this? Um, God is doing this because there was, uh, Israelites was in a spiritual condition that was where there is an appearance but there was no reality of relationship. There was the appearance without reality. They were um, at a place, the Israelites had been in a place where you know, they have the outward symbol of the relationship that they had with God when they really have no genuine relationship with him. And isn't it so true? If, even for us, we can have the appearance of being Christian, yet there is no real like inner, inner reality. There is no real living relationship with him. And we can know about this uh, from the stark contrast that we read in our passage. There is a contrast between previous generation of Israel and the new generation of Israel that is led by Joshua. And what contrast do we read? Um, I just want to look at verse 4 to 7, and I will summarize it for us. Verse 4 to 7, um, it talks about the reason why Joshua is circumcising it, and the reason was because they were not circumcised. And there, it talks about this previous generation of Israel who came out of Egypt, And all of them who came out of Egypt had been circumcised. Verse 5, it says like that. And that meant that they had the sign of the covenant. They had the sign that they are God's people. They belong to God. But what it also says in verse 6 is that they all perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. And there's another group that we read. There's a new generation that we've been reading, uh, the new generation that led by Joshua. And in in verse 5, it says that all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised, meaning that they didn't have any sign of being God's people that they're supposed to have. Yet, somehow, they entered the land, they trusted in God, and they followed his leading. And what we read, and what we've been reading, is that God was working in their lives, and God was leading in a miraculous way. And they just crossed over the Jordan, and they entered the land that God was promising to them. And the author of Joshua, I think, has woven the story of this previous And current generation in in our passage, and, and there is this big contrast that we read. There is one group of people, the previous generation, who had the sign, the appearance, the outward sign of being God's people, yet they had no reality in their own hearts. They didn't really have genuine, loving, and trusting relationship with God. While this new generation, they didn't have any sign. And yet somehow by God's grace they trusted, they obeyed, and they followed God. So that's what we read. The older generation who with like mark of the covenant, outwardly in appearance, they were God's people, but inwardly in their hearts, like no genuine relationship. And and it does not simply mean that um, they didn't do what God told them to do. But what we read, what we read in the history of Israel was that they were actively rebellious. You know, they were like people who like, doubt. They were like um, spouse that always doubt their um, husband or wife's love. And then there are people like um, who always seek this love from other people. And there were the, like people, like children, who is like... Um, actively rebellious against their parents. But unlike that, the new generation, like born and raised up in the wilderness, you know, they didn't have the mark of the covenant, but inwardly, they were already living this reality of being God's people, trusting God's leading, and they obeyed and they entered. And this contrast, I believe, I think it warns us It warns us about the type of the spiritual condition that all of us can have. Isn't it true? Like, all of us, like, we can be like that. We can outwardly, we have this, all the signs or appearance of being God's people. You go to the church, and you you participate in different things. And you have uh, this fellowship with other believers. And, and, and deep in our hearts, we know that there are times that there is no real genuine relationship with him. There is an appearance without reality. Think about marriage. When, when there is a status of marriage, when there is like outward um, marks, signs of marriage, you have the rings on your finger and you live together, but if there is no genuine relationship of love and trust with your husband and or wife, but instead if there is animosity, if there is um, distrust, doubt, I think that's even more difficult and more miserable than no marriage, isn't it? So this spiritual condition, like appearance without reality, I think it always have an impact. It has an impact on yourself, but also it has an impact to people around us, like to others. And at our church, I am meeting like many people um, who are coming back to the church, like who grew up in the church but left the church for some reason, and they're coming back. There are people who abandoned their faith, uh, but like somehow by God's grace, they they started like looking into this. Uh, christian faith and about the gospel again and there are people coming back to the christianity there are people coming back to to gospel and when i hear the experience that they had in their past i think a lot of times i hear the stories of you know you know what i i grew up in christian family but i was so hurt by my parents because they worked so hard in the church but at home, they always have trouble. They always curse one another. And that really impacted my view on Christianity. And isn't that the story that we always hear a lot? And I think, especially for me, as being Korean, I think the context where I am, I think a lot of times that's the story I hear again and again. People leaving the church or impacted deeply because of someone else's. This condition where there is an appearance outwardly of being Christian, but inwardly and real, in real life, there is no fruit. There is no reality. And in our own lives, it's totally possible for us to be like that. And we don't want to say that, hey, this is free. We're free from that. We, 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 we I don't. Like, I don't be like that. I, I don't, like, act like that. I always have integrity. And if you say that, we know that that's not true. Um, you know, when we habitually come out on Sunday, and when we do habitually do something, like serving the church, and we habitually join the small groups and fellowship event, it's still possible for us to have a stubborn hearts unwillingness to listen, unwillingness to obey, and unwillingness to love. And that's what we learn uh, from this contrast of two generations. And we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be like previous generation who had an appearance, yet no reality. But we want to be real. We want to have genuine faith in us. And we want to genuinely love God and obey him with joy. Isn't that what we want? And that, that's what we want to see in Gospel City as well. We just don't, we don't want to have people who are just religious. but We want to be, have a people who have genuine living relationship with God. And who, have, who bears the fruit. And that's what we want to see from ourselves. And that's what we want to see in this community. So the context of our passage is the spiritual condition where there is a discrepancy between outward appearance and inner hearts of the people and then the impact is there the result is there and if you think about it even the reason that uh, this new generation of uh, Israel the reason that they were not circumcised because they were supposed to have it it was because their parents generation they fail to follow it, and they fail to like, follow God's commandment. And the next question that we want to ask is in this context, like how can we deal with this problem? How can we deal with the problem of this discrepancy between um, our own appearance, outward appearance as God's people, and inner reality, the spiritual reality of our hearts? And what we read and what God does is this. It's about affirming the basis of our relationship. We need to affirm the basis of our relationship. And in our passage today, what does God do here? The reason that it's hard to preach is because there is only one thing that God does. Um, He just commands God's people, Joshua, to circumcise the Israelites. In in verse 2, it says like this, make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. Circumcise the people. And you may think that, okay, so God is trying to make uh, the outward sign. There is inner reality already, so God is now trying to, match somehow the, uh, the inner reality they already have with the, um, with the outward sign of being God's people. And that's somewhat true, but at the same time, that's not the point. That's not the true, like, full picture that we read here. Because I just want to share some context. Look at the context. You know, they have been in the wilderness for 40 years, Without the sign of the covenant, without the sign that they are God's people, but somehow they were born and raised up in the wilderness, and they were in this journey already—journey of faith—and then, by God's grace, even despite, like, despite of their, um, in spite of their parent generation's failure, they somehow were able to come to this faith in God and trusting God, and as they crossed. <clears throat> The river of Jordan, they experienced that. Oh, you know what? God is real. The God of Abraham, God of Jacob, and God of J- Isaac that we've been hearing from, our, um, from the word and hear- we've been hearing from our parents. They, they exist and they're powerful. Look at how God allowed us to cross over the Jordan. Wow, He is a true. God of universe, they experienced the living God. And now at this point, what God wants to make sure with them as they enter the land was this. He didn't want this amazing and great experience as the primary basis of their relationship with God. He didn't want those amazing experiences to be the basis of their relationship with God, because it was never it was like that. The experience of these amazing things, the great work that God was doing, that was what God is doing for them, but that was, not, that was never the basis of their relationship with God. But what is the foundation of the relationship? It was, it was the covenant. It was the covenant that God made with Abraham, and this is what God always does and and that's what God does here as well. you know we all have different experience of coming to know the gospel, I believe you know everyone has different story it's always I, I encourage you to ask one another when you have a time how you came to know faith, how, how came to you how, how you came to know the Christ, how you came to the faith, and you'll learn that A lot of people have different experiences of like knowing God and knowing the gospel. You know, we experience God's power that frees us from our own sin. We experience God in a way that it it changes our hearts, but as we grow in our understanding of who he is and what God does, he's not just allowing us to stay there, but he teaches us and he allows us to know that the basis of our relationship with him is not primarily the experience, but it's primarily the covenant that we have with God. Now, during my college year, um, I was able to meet many friends who are coming from Christian background, like who grew up in the church, because um, I was attending the Christian university um, with many pastor's kids. There were many pastor's kids, missionary kids. And... Um, I think some of them, and actually a lot of, a lot of us, had um, a very similar testimony, including myself. And, and usually this testimony was about you know, encountering God and how they you know, came back to God. And it was, in some ways, very interesting for me because I'm always surprised at how many people had the, like, similar idea and similar testimony but it usually goes like this. Um, it goes like this. You know, I, I, I grew up in a Christian family, and I really never experienced God, and I had no faith. Uh, you know, I was attending the church, but I, I, I was skeptical, and I couldn't believe that there is a God really exists. And then some people shared, and uh, you know what, also I, I, I was hurt by the church. There are all sorts of different things going on in the church. and But one day... In youth retreat, in high school, or middle school, I experienced God, and I finally realized that He is real. And then that was about three, four years ago. And since then, I believe in God. And their Christian journey, including myself, that that was like my testimony as well. And their Christian journey, they place... Uh, the basis of their relationship with God, they placed the entire faith in that experience that moved their hearts. Their moment, the moments, they, the experience that they had of encountering of God. And looking back, I think I was in a very dangerous position a long time. You know, I can, I can say it's dangerous if you stay in that position too long. If you're placing your basis of relationship with God on those moments of encountering God, that's very dangerous. It's like uh, you're placing, you're in the place of the king of like Amorites and Canaanites that we read today in verse one, and you're there and you see that God is working. You're encountering God does amazing thing. And, and you see that, oh, I now believe that God exists, and I think, I'm a Christian. And if you base your entire Christian faith on that one emotional experience, one day you will be shaken. Because one day we will realize that when we are going through you know, difficult times and difficult season, and we will ask ourselves the question, hey, God, Are you real? If you're real, why is my situation like this? And many people assume that the understanding that God exists is a good news. But that's not necessarily true. Many people assume that God's amazing work, seeing God's amazing work, is not necessarily good news for humanity, but that's not true. Because in our passage, um, I mentioned a little bit, but it begins with the people who acknowledges God's great works. You know, God dried up the raging river, and he let the people cross the land. And in verse 1, there are people who are called the kings, the kings of Amorites, the kings of Canaanites, and they saw God's great work. And what's their response? They were terrified. It says their hearts melted. Why? Why God's great work? Why when they saw the great, amazing work of God, why does it make them terrified? And why does it make their hearts melted? It's because God was going against them. God was coming against them. And so if you think about it, for sinners... God's existence, the existence of, like, true holy God, the God of universe, is actually terrifying news. Because God is holy. and, And for sinners, we know that the holy justice will judge this world one day with his true holiness. So God's existence... Is terrifying news the, the, the real question that we need to ask is not if god exists but the real question that is really important question is like what's our relationship with god and what is the basis of it the god of universe like how do we relate with him and more than that how does god relate to me And that's the question that we need to ask ourselves. And that's the question that we need to answer for ourselves. And that's how we reaffirm our relationship with him. And unlike kings of Amorites or kings of Canaanites, what was the reason that Joshua and Israel respond differently to God? It's not because they were any better than them. But it was because God was relating them through the covenant and God was and they were relating to God through the covenant and that is the idea of circumcision that we read and that's what he's doing God is reaffirming like this relationship based on the covenant it's the covenant of grace that God made with Abraham it was, it's what God promised to Abraham and sworn to him I'll be your God And you'll be my people. And what you need to do is trust me. And I will relate to you with my grace. I'll cover you. I'll cover your mistake. And I'll cover your sin. And I will lead you to the land. And I'll bless you. And I'll bless the whole nations through you and your offspring. And that's the basis of the relationship. The God's covenant and God's promise. And I want us to know, ask that question to us, hey, what is the basis of my relationship with God? Is it an experience that I had, but or is it the covenant that I am part of because of His grace and responded to responded in faith? Because in our lives, there will be battles. Um, and, I, and I think it's true. Um, our brother Inder uh, prayed uh, after our songs. I think he prayed like, you know, there's a battles in our own lives. Our journey following God is not just um, these easy ways, but there is true battle that we face. There will be challenging tasks, different, like difficult works, but also more than that, there will be the spiritual battle that we face, the battle against our own sin and our own evil in our own hearts. And those moments, I think what really holds us to stand firm, what really like, allows us to stand firm is knowing that our relationship is based on his grace and his covenant for us. And so I want to ask you, what is your basis? How do you relate with God? And do you know how God relates to you? It's not just the fact that God exists. It's, just not, the, it's not just the fact that he has done great works in your lives. And it's not just the fact that we're attending the service on Sunday and we're, have, we're having fellowship with other believers But what he reaffirms for us is the cross. That he invited us to be his people. And he covered our sin through cross. So that we can be part of his covenant family. You know, he invited you personally to be part of this covenant with him. By giving his son. And on this basis, you know, God of universe is not against you but he is for you. And as we're finishing up um, I just want to uh, mention one more thing about uh, this circumcision um, for us to have better understanding. Um, I've been talking about circumcision but I really didn't define what it is, assuming that people know this word. Um, You know, circumcision is an ancient practice that you you know you cut off the skin of male um reproduction organ but you know i'm asking god god you know why circumcision <laughs> there can be many things you know in terms of sign you know okay this is the sign of the of you being god's people you know there can be many different signs even you know tattoos you can have tattoos <laughs> you're part of god's people and cuz And you will ask the same question if you know like what really is, because it's bloody, and it seems very um, primitive, and so may it's really I think gross, and somehow um, I cannot give you the full reason, but somehow God chose this bloody primitive things to be the mark of His covenant with Abraham and. His descendant. He chose that that is a sign that shows his relationship with his people, but nothing else. And likewise, I think the covenant that we are invited to be part of is the covenant that we are uh, be part of uh, through Christ. We know that The only reason that we are able to be part of this covenant is because Jesus was cut off. He was cut off on the cross. And what he has done was bloody. And what he went through was very primitive. The innocent person, the only one, only person who does not deserve that execution on the cross, he went through so that we can be invited to be God's people, so that we can be part of this covenant family, not because our own merit, but because of what God has done. And the church today, this may, the cross may seem primitive. The idea of cross may seem too bloody, but knowing that he went through so that our sin can be taken care of by him he went through so that we can be invited to be God's people and that's what we do here even today God reaffirms the basis of our relationship with him he reaffirms why we are able to call ourselves to be God's people and he reaffirms how he relates to us he relates to us by his grace by His love and He is not against you but He is for you let's pray
0: if you've been blessed through this ministry join us in reaching others by partnering with us today Gospel City is a gospel centered church in Seoul, South Korea on a mission to plant Korean speaking healthy gospel centered churches you can give by going to the website give.thegospelcity.org Thank you for listening and subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Remember,
1: Jesus changes everything.